Come on, stand up. Y'all can get louder than that. Come on. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, man. Don't you love Sandra? Last week when she stood up here and said, okay, now I want to continue this, but I know I'm going to have to wait until I get to heaven. And we are going to glory in heaven. Amen? No time constraints, but we're going to glory here too. I'll tell you, my heart is so full today. How are you guys? Everybody doing good? There's a weightiness that the Father is stirring. Um, Nate, your word is so powerful. There's a weightiness in the spirit right now. How many of you are sensing that? Uh, sensing it to the place of tears. I'm not sure exactly what the Lord is doing, except he's calling us. Now, now you got to hear me. He's calling us. Each one of us. And he's calling us to unite together in one accord. And it's across denominations, it's across city lines, it's across regions, it's with our brothers and sisters in Israel. And right now, I feel like I was going to jump up and run down, but it didn't have time. I want to release the angelic host over Israel right now. There was a six-day war that took place in Israel several years ago, and the angelic host appeared, and they moved things for Israel. We don't call upon our angelic host enough. And in this next era, because there has been an opening of the heavens, we're in a new era. Tell yourself, I'm in a new era. I have a new dimension that God is releasing in me. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare the angelic host over Israel. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for the connection between America and Israel. Lord, I don't care what's being said in the public right now. I don't care the words that are being spoken against Israel. Father, we know who she is, and we declare her right now, your chosen. And Father, we thank you that we're engrafted in that with her. In Jesus' name, and we know we're going to hear a good report. Amen. So there's a heaviness today, and it's Pentecost Sunday, which excites me to no end. 26 years ago today, I knew that I needed to, I was in a Baptist church where I love my Baptist roots. Listen, I was raised in the breakoff of a Mormon church, so I didn't understand the Bible. Jeff and I, uh, we went through all kinds of stuff, but at 23 years old, I was saved in a Baptist church my favorite scripture was John 3, 16, because it was the only one I knew. I can remember at prayer meetings shaking and perspiring because I was afraid they would ask me to pray because I didn't know anything. Right, Mom? We didn't know anything. My mom got saved the first time Jeff preached. I mean, so we're talking just incredible. The Baptists taught me the Word of God. They taught me how to steward my life. They taught me to give and to tithe. They taught me how to love my husband and my children. They taught me the word of God. And so I was in a Baptist church, but my friend was filled with the Spirit. And she spoke in tongues. And we would get together, and she would pray in tongues. And I would say, bless the Lord, praise the Lord. I want tongues. And so I started on this incredible journey to find the Holy Spirit, not realizing I was already filled, right? <laughs> I mean, I was filled with him because I was a bold witness. I had other signs of the Spirit, but I wanted tongues because there was a power in it. So one Sunday, I woke up and I thought, I'm not going to go to my Baptist church today. I'm going to go tonight. So Jeff and I, he worked it out and he kept all the kids. My friend called and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to go to this big mega church and I just felt like I'm supposed to be there tonight. She goes, I'm coming too. So she came. We walked in the door, and they announced, it's Pentecost Sunday. She looked at me, and she goes, this is your day. <laughs> and I want to tell you it was. It was incredible. They gave a very simple message. I'm just going to tell you, it was John Lindell. And I love him. Lord, release your healing power over him. 
I can't tell you how much I've learned from him. I've learned from so many people. So I, he gave a very simple message, and he said, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, come down front. Well, I would have knocked people over to get down there. I was so excited. I ran down there. He gave a very simple prayer. I don't even think anybody prayed for us. And all of a sudden, I started going, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I got it! I got it! <laughs> and I only had one syllable. And those of you, I mean, we're, gonna, we're going after the Holy Spirit today. Let me just say that, okay? Because it's Pentecost Sunday, and the Spirit says, I will fill and fill again and fill again and fill again and fill again and fill again. And unless you're full, unless you're Jesus, unless you have the Holy Spirit overflowing, you need to be filled again today. Amen? So we're going after Him. Amen? So I go home, and Jeff is sitting, and we talked about this the other day. Jeff is sitting in a recliner, and he goes, well, how was it? And I said, I got the gift. I'm speaking in tongues. He goes, let me hear you. And for whatever reason, I don't even know what I, why I did. I went over and sat down on his lap, and I started going, da-da-da-da-da. He goes, well, I think that sounds like a motorboat. I don't care. I don't care. I have the gift of speaking in tongues. And I'll tell you, it grew from there. And hallelujah, and it grew. And you know what happened? It continues to grow. Do you know sometimes I'll be in my prayer time and a different language will come on me? Do you know there's 7,117 languages in the world? Do you think your tongue shouldn't change from time to time? Come on. So there's times that I'll be praying in the spirit and I'll see something in my mind's eye and then I'll pray and my tongue will change and I'll be like, I must be there in the spirit because I'm praying a new tongue. I'm making something happen. Amen. So 26 years ago today, my life changed, radically changed. And I want to say day spring. Your life is changing radically. The world is changing radically. And if we're not careful, we'll stay in the political realm. Listen to me. We'll stay in the political realm worrying about all that's going on, and we need to be there. I'm a voice in the governmental mountain, in the educational mountain. But if I spend more time in the political realm than I do in the spiritual realm, I'm going to burn out. I'm going to worry. I'm going to start getting hopeless. I'm going to get discouraged. And I want to tell you, Karen is my witness. <laughs> I got there a few weeks ago. I was exhausted. And I was in the political realm trying to solve the issues that are much larger than me. And in the middle of the night, which I love the Lord. Hi, Tanya. I love the Lord. He speaks to me when I need him most. In the middle of the night, he said, Linda, you can't solve this. All I need you to do is go where I tell you to go and say what I tell you to say. Whoo! That I can do. <laughs> that I can do. And I'm not always the most popular voice in the room, but I'm not in a popularity contest. I've already done that in my life and I lost. So, you know, it's okay. It's okay. But I'm going to speak truth. And I'm going to fight for what's right. I serve in a school board in Nixon. It's the honor of my life. I mean, I have lots of honors. It's one of my honors for public education. I serve as president of Missouri School Board Association. We're an association that brings all school boards together in the state of Missouri for one united voice for the good of children. There are 900,000 children in public education in the state of Missouri. Do you think they need a prophetic voice? 
I believe in homeschooling. I believe in private schooling. I believe in all of that. But there's 900,000 children, and two-thirds of them, Jesse and I were just talking about this, have come through trauma. 52% of them have been born without a father, out of wedlock. Our kids need us. They need us. What Paul is doing, and by the way, I don't know where he's at, but if he hears this, way to go, Paul. Way to go. He's been talking to me, and I've been prophesying. I prophesied a little bit over him about that. But the Lord has been speaking to Paul about this for education for years. God was going to raise him up in this mountain to bring the voice of God into education because it needs it. They can't solve. We can't solve these issues without the church. We can't solve these issues without kingdom people. And that's who we are. And if we sit on the pew or if we sit in the sidelines and we're not being a voice or we hide, if we only stick with Christians because it's too scary out there, then we're failing. We're failing, guys. And that's not what Pentecost was about. That's not what it was about. You know, I love, oh my gosh, I'm so full that I could honest to goodness speak until 5 o'clock tonight. So I'm trying to choose my words, but I want to say this. When Peter walked with the Lord, he walked with him face to face. He loved him as much as he could. But when Jesus went before the Romans to be crucified... Peter didn't have it in him. He didn't have it in him to not, I lost the word, but he didn't have it in him to what? Thank you. To deny the Lord. He denied him three times. Jesus told him he would. You know, and I think about what he must have felt, and yet Jesus went after him. Sometimes we think we don't have in us what we need in order to do the things that God's called us to do. You don't, but you're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit. But for some reason, sometimes I think we think we're alone. I know I certainly do. God's preparing a harvest. Each one of us have a part to play in this harvest. Dayspring is a huge harvesting. I see this grain tower, just a huge harvesting place. I'm so thankful I'm a part of this family because of what God's doing and what he's getting ready to do. You know, I keep hearing over and over, set another place at your table. Jeff and I completely remodeled our house so that we could hold 30 people. We don't really know why. We just are doing it. You know, because something's happening. We're in a new era. And Dayspring's a part of this incredible harvest. And we've got to dream bigger. We've got to dream bigger. And every single person is needed. The Lord showed me at the beginning of the year that I'm like, God, this heart. I mean, I keep seeing it. I keep asking everybody, do you guys have your discipleship track ready? Because, I mean, they're coming, you know. I keep asking everybody where I go because I know my job is to go get them and bring them in. I I know I'll disciple, but I know who I am. But I keep thinking, Lord, is the church ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? Are we ready, God? Are we ready? I don't know why I get like this. Do you guys get like this? Is it the teacher in me? And then all of a sudden I saw Karate Kid. Y'all remember Karate Kid? Okay. Remember how the sensei taught him to paint the fence, paint the fence, wax the car, wax the car. What was the other one? Wax on, wax off. What? Sand the floor, sand the floor. So I'm thinking about this, and the Lord says, Linda. 
for the last 26 years, I have been training you. I have been teaching you. You have been teaching. You've seen a trickle. You've seen healings. I've seen healings. I've seen all kinds of incredible, awesome, wonderful things. I've seen salvations. We all have. We've seen it right here on this platform. He said, it's just like Karate Kid. When the time comes, you're going to wax the fence or whatever it is. You're going to paint the fence and you're going to do the crane kick. And you're going to knock it out. Then you're going to wax the, you know, wax on, wax off. You're going to know the moves. You're ready. The church is ready. So tell yourself, I am ready. And harvest is here. So believers in Jesus, the Messiah, the dating of Pentecost is one of the most exquisite examples of type and fulfillment in the scriptures. Pentecost means 50 and is actually 50 days from another feast, which is the first fruits. By the way, we're a part of all of these feasts. We're a part of the Jewish inheritance and tradition. It's incredible when you start studying it. In Palestine, there were two harvest times a year. The early harvest came during this time of Pentecost. It was the first wheat harvest. Now get that. The Pentecost was the first harvest, and it was the wheat harvest, okay? This led to the Feast of the first fruits that was to occur on the day after the Sabbath, which was always Sunday of Passover week. So it really was a Sunday Pentecost. Then was the day after the seventh following Sabbath, which would be the 50th day after first fruits and also on a Sunday. I love God. He is so detailed and specific. It just excites me. The fulfillment of these feasts is striking. Jesus died the Friday of Passover week and had to be buried hastily before sunset, which was when the Sabbath began. His body remained in the borrowed tomb throughout the Sabbath day. But on Sunday morning, when the priest was to offer the first fruit offering in the temple, Christ arose from the dead, the first fruit of mankind. So you think about this. Christ rose from the dead on Passover. And 50 days later, Pentecost came. So I want to read to you real quick in Acts 1. Because it's really important that we understand the dynamics of what was happening and why Pentecost was so important and why it is still today. Jeff, can you bring me my water, babe? So verse 1, the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Thank you to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom. So for 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he was appearing to his disciples. Can you imagine? Sometimes I think about this, and you know, we, um, we, we look at Scripture and we think it was like a fish tale, but it was not. So when the veil tore, the tombs opened, and saints started walking through the streets, and people were having conversations with them. Oh, would you just pass out if Aunt Bertha came up during, you know, and started talking to you? I mean, think about that. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? See, they were still thinking political. They were not really following all that Jesus was saying. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And just to um, save time, I'm going to go down to 14. Every, all the disciples were there. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. 
So the picture is Jesus died on the cross for 40 days. He appeared to them. He spoke to them. Then he went up into the heavens in front of them. And now they're in the upper room and they're waiting for this promise. You know, and I can understand their disappointment because, you know, I kind of wish things would have happened different and politically things would have happened differently myself. But it didn't. So what's my hope? Is my hope in my governmental officials or is my hope in the Father? Because something is happening just like here. So let's pause here for just a moment because I think it's important. One of the things that the Lord had me do as I was preparing for this message was to read through the book of Luke and then the book of Acts like it was a story. And I know it's a story, but sometimes the teacher in me, I'll read one verse, I'll look up every single word, then I'll read the next verse, I'll look up every single word. But the Lord was wanting me to see something different than what I had seen in the past. You know, Luke is amazing. Do you know he never, ever met Jesus he was an investigator. He actually, he used the book of Mark to write a lot of Luke. But then he was with Paul and he got all this information and, you know, he just um, interviewed everybody. It's just incredible to me um, how the Lord did that through him. So when I started reading Luke, what I realized was that Jesus was like really cool. I mean, we knew it. But he began a movement, like a movement that was like nothing ever seen. It was a new era. It was the new covenant. And he became Emmanuel. Like he came up close and personal. Before that, you know, God was behind the veil. Moses, there were only a few people that saw him, but not Jesus. And thousands and thousands of people were healed by his touch. Think about that, God in person, all human, but being touching, touching each one of them. He was the first fruit of a ministry. You know, the first fruit means that there's a lot of fruit coming behind it, which is us. It was the type and shadow. He was teaching us how to minister, and he was teaching his disciples. I love it that he was baptized because obviously he didn't have to be baptized, but he was. And, you know, the Trinity showed up there. You had Jesus, you had the Holy Spirit, and you had the voice of the Father. All of these types and shadows, the scriptures are just so wealthy in what they are. And he, his ministry that he did was just so incredible. And I really challenge you, read it out of the Passion Bible. Like, I'm challenging you, team. Get it and read it. And read it all the way through. He was teaching his disciples. He unashamedly knew who he was. There was no pretense with Jesus. He wasn't afraid to proclaim it and shake up status quo. Like, he used to heal on the Sabbath. I mean, I think he did it on purpose, you know. And he told them that he was not a slave to the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. In a time when people are like, what are you talking about? He taught matters that, he taught them things that matter most, such as store your riches in heaven, love your enemies, forsake the habit of judging and criticizing. That one really hit me hard because, you know, every tree revealed, every tree is revealed by the quality of fruit it produces. What kind of fruit am I producing? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Those who have been forgiven of much love much. He shared with them parables and taught them to listen with their heart for understanding, not just your intellect. I was with some friends a few weeks ago, and my friend talked about how I don't do courtesy drops. You know, if, if, I, if I'm going to fall out in the spirit, or if I'm going to be slayed in the spirit, it's got to really happen. And then he gave a testimony about how he was like, you know, that's probably not really good. I'm probably missing something. Now, this was his story, but I still feel like I should share. And he said, the next time it happened, he just flowed with the Father and let him do what he wanted. And he said, I had an experience with God that I would have never gotten had I kept my feet planted firmly. You know, sometimes the Lord wants to touch us, but our intellect won't let it. Amen? I think that's what was wrong with me. I think I had the Spirit long before I got it. It just couldn't bypass my mind. I believe in heaven the heart speaks louder than the tongue. 
And we don't live here on earth. I know our feet are planted firmly on on the ground, but God is calling us to a higher place. We're citizens of heaven, and yet we live earthbound. God is wanting us to come up, come up into the things that he's calling us to do. I also believe the heart hears better than our ears. So pay careful attention to your heart. You discern the things of the Spirit sometimes with the heart. Now, you'll hear the Lord audibly. You'll see visions, but most of it happens within the heart. The way he healed people, the way he delivered them from demonic strongholds, sometimes he just went in and healed. Sometimes he'd be walking through a crowd and he identified faith on somebody. One person even touched his cloak and he felt the power leaving. It's just incredible. The signs and wonders, the way he prayed, the way he challenged, the way he listened to people, the way he loved. And the whole time, you guys, the whole time he was in ministry, he was walking towards Jerusalem, knowing where he was going, and yet loving the whole way. It blows me away when I think about the Father. You can only imagine what the disciples were going through at that time. But they were waiting expectantly because they knew him. And in chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everything in their life changed at that moment. And I just want to take, I've got a few minutes left, and what I really want to do is I feel like there is an invitation for us today. I feel like there's more of the Spirit, we know this, there's more of the Spirit than what I've experienced. There's more of the Spirit than what you've experienced. And the Lord is calling us. This is not an hour to play tiddlywinks. If you really want to be a part of what God's doing, there is a power, there is an invitation And there is a love that he is going to release this morning that you're going to begin to notice, maybe not just this minute, maybe, but over the next few weeks, the next few days, you're going to begin to see things. Your heart's going to begin to talk to you in ways that you've never heard before. You're going to begin to move out as one who they will say, who is this person? They're not a theologian. I always laugh. I'm not a theologian. I'm an experiential lotion. <laughs> However you say that. I experienced the Father. And you can't take that away from me. Amen? You can't take away my motorboat experience. You can't take away my salvation experience. So people are going to be saying, they're not learned. They haven't been to seminary. They're not a pastor. But there is something about them that I want. They're a safe haven when my heart is broken. I can trust them. They have words of knowledge and wisdom that I know I can go to. When the Holy Spirit hit them, they were indwelled. They were filled, just as Jesus promised. And they began to speak in other tongues. Do you know, tongues was evidence to me that God was real. That's why the scripture says we edify ourselves. We build ourselves up. But it is a constant reminder that that is the Father speaking directly to me, to you. They became bold witnesses. And this is the area that I really feel the Lord's going to release today. I am sad to say that I haven't led someone to the Lord in the last two years. 
And I would venture to say there's several people in this room that could say the same thing. And you may say, well, I'm not an evangelist. Yeah, but you still, you, you should be doing this. I should be doing this. We should be sharing the gospel boldly. If we really want to see change, if we really want our city to be void of hospital beds, if we really, I mean, if we want these seats filled up, and we do, we got to start being light. We got to start being full of the Holy Spirit. This is not condemnation. This is challenging. I'm challenging myself. I've wept over this a lot as the Lord began to show me. I got so busy in this realm that I'm not walking in this realm. So, Father, just like Nate said, what are you doing today, God? Who's coming in my life today? How can I share you today? There may be people in this room who have never led anybody to the Lord and you don't even know how to do it. Phil's going to show you how. Let him, let him know. But we've got to become bold witnesses because that's what happened to them. It says right after they were filled with the Spirit, over 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. And you know, they didn't have the population that we have. I mean, 3,000 people. It just challenges me to the core of who I am. Signs and wonders are going to begin to follow us more. I want to tell you that, I don't have time to read this, but I'm going to tell you real quickly. Peter was placed in jail and by Herod, and they put 16 guards outside his jail. They tied two chains around him and two guards inside the jail. And, it, and Peter goes to sleep. And an angel appears and kicks him and says, hey, come on, get out of here. So he leaves, he passes everybody. The Lord must have had him in a sleep. He passes them. And he gets out on the road, and it says in the Passion Bible that he thought he was in a dream. But then all of a sudden, the angel disappeared, and he's outside, and he's like, whoa, it's not a dream. So he goes over to the house of John, Mark, and Mary, and he knocks on the door. And this young girl named Rose comes to the door and opens the door. Or she doesn't open the door. She comes to the door, and she can hear him. She runs into him and says, hey, Peter's at the door. They're like, no, he's not. So she goes back, and she hears him again. She comes back. He's at the door, and they're like, oh, no, that must just be his angel. And so they're like, no. And so she goes back and she opens the door and it's Peter and he comes in and everybody's super excited. Why in the world did they nonchalantly say, oh, it must have been his angel? What did they experience that I have not? Has my angel ever came to your door, Phil, and knocked on it? Come on. There's so much more for us, guys. I'm so hungry to see God move, but I got to get my tushy off the couch and get going. Amen? You're going to be filled boldly. You're going to start seeing signs and wonders. I've seen some, but nothing compared to what's coming. Nothing compared to what's coming. What Paul is doing in the classroom is a sign and wonder. Teachers are going to begin to speak the word of God and not know it even. Things are going to start happening. Speech writers are going to start writing speeches for people. And the word of God's going to start coming out. And they're not even going to be aware of it. Because God will get his way. Amen. The last thing you're going to be filled with today is agape love because it doesn't matter if you have angels if you speak in tongues if you prophesy if you don't do it out of love and I love the new series The Chosen and how they're depicting Christ and the last one they depicted Christ The Chosen is a series you guys need to watch it they depicted Christ that he prayed all day and all night and when he came through the camp he was so worn out. He just said goodnight and walked over and laid down in his tent. And I had never thought of that humanity of Jesus. And I thought, 
oh my gosh, I've been in prayer lines and I've prayed for people for two, three, four hours. And by the time I was done, I blisters and I was so tired. Jesus did this day after day after day. And why? Because the love of God, the love of God, the love of who he was propelled him. See, Peter did not have the agape love on this side of the cross. Even Jesus came to him and said, Peter, do you love me? And, Jesus, and Peter's like, yes, I feel you. I brotherly love you. I have no idea what agape love is. He said it three times. Do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. I feel you. I brotherly love you. Jesus said, no, Peter, do you agape love me? But in Romans 5, 5, it said that the love of God is shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Spirit. When Peter experienced Pentecost, when he experienced the Holy Spirit coming in him, he never denied him again. And do you know in his writings, nine times he used the word agape? He understood by the Spirit of God, the love of God. I want that. I need more. I'm praying you need more because it's that love that will compel us. Peter was crucified upside down. I think about these amazing men and women. They were, they were just like you and me, guys. Come on. They were just like you and me. In fact, Jesus humbly walked in a human and he showed us the way. So if you stand to your feet, if you're ready, ready to be filled again, ready, can we get in one accord? Can every mind right now just picture the Father? Just picture your favorite picture of Jesus. I personally like the one that come from heaven is real. Just picture the Father in one accord. We're going to press in. I'm going to declare over you. Phil's going to come up too. We're going to declare over you. And then if you need prayer, the prayer teams are here. They're going to pray and then fill you more. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is going to give you insight and wisdom on how to run your business, how to love your people well. He's going to give you more insight on how to raise your children. Everything you need, every solution you need comes from the Father. Let's press into the Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Jesus, we pray for tongues of fire today. Lord, I pray tongues of fire to just be released on every one of us in this room. Father, that we're in one accord with what you want to do today, God. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Just say, just say it out loud. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Take residence in me deeper, Holy Spirit. We praise your name, Jesus. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Many of you may have not experienced the Lord in a life-changing way. We thank you, Father. We, I just stand in for my brothers and sisters who've never had an encounter with the love of God that's radically transformed them. And Lord, we just ask right now, if you're online or you're here and you're hungry, just say more, Lord. Just say more. I just want more. I just want more. Paul says to, to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And we thank you this morning, God. We are hungry. We are hungry for you. We are hungry for more. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I just want to invite the uh, prayer teams down. Um, and if, if you've never received, uh, if you've never received uh, or, or been baptized in the Holy Spirit or, or, or received a gift of tongues, I just want to invite you this morning just to come down and just to stand with my brothers and sisters as they just lay their hands on you and they pray this morning. 
and, and I'm telling you, you can encounter it right where you are as well. But, but coming together with brothers and sisters, there's something about it in the Word of God. There's something about the laying on of hands that we know. It's just that, that transmittance of what God is doing and He's done through someone else and that it just activates. It, there's a faith activation, but there's a transfer as well. And Lord, I just thank you this morning for those that are hungry, God, hungry for more of you. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you would like to, uh, just come down this morning. We've got brothers and sisters here. What a day to do it. What a day. What a day. And I also just, just want to declare of you that I, I, I truly actually really believe that there was a representation of the Trinity also at uh, this, this other baptism. And that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, she talked about the water baptism, but I believe there was a representation of, of, of the Trinity. Uh, you know, he is our all-consuming fire. He is the all-consuming fire. And I am was present in that room as well. And that Jesus came to restore that relationship with the Father. And when I am comes in the room, what else does he do? But he kisses their foreheads with fire because he is the all-consuming fire. And you know, when I am came into the room, everything changed. And suddenly the fire of God went into them and the boldness of the Lord came forth and it was expressed in the community around him. And if you would like a fresh baptism of fire from the Holy Spirit this morning, I'd invite you just to come forward and meet with this ministry team. And if you're right where you are, Lord, I just released the fire of God across this room. I just released a fresh baptism of fire across the room this morning that a burning would begin in you as I am the all-consuming fire would just come and just make himself present because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And where the temple of the Holy Spirit is, fire belongs. Fire belongs in you. So this morning, I just I just in faith say, Lord, we, re, we acquire the fire, Father, the fire that, that you are. You are the all-consuming fire, God. And the expression of your fire brings joy and love. It brings goodness and glory. So this morning, Father God, we thank you for the fire of the Lord just moving across this room. If you're hungry, if you're hungry for healing in your body, and I just want to go after um, uh, words that uh, 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 that have spoken this morning just consistently, that it's the long-term ailments or long-term illnesses. Uh, we just go after that this morning. Just come down if you need healing in your body. Just come down. The Holy Spirit's here to heal. The same Holy Spirit. But Linda, thank you this morning. See, what Linda brought is something that, that we have to remember in the Word of God. And that is that he said, first, it's apostles, then prophets, then teachers. Why did God say it in such a way like that? Because we have to, a friend of mine, Shannon Urinell, had a word. And, and that word was, we've got to be careful that we, we are... We can substitute knowledge for experience. And so much of the times, our churches are filled with administrators, teachers, and pastors. But we have to have the apostles and the prophets that bring us heaven's perspective so that we stay experience-based. Because there's a big move in a, a, against experience. But, but isn't that what salvation is? Isn't that what the... the, the Every time the Lord speaks to you and gives you a word of knowledge, isn't that the experiencing God? We can't replace knowledge for experience. That's why God has brought us apostles and prophets like Linda, who help us to see heaven's perspective. See, you can't take earth system, and this is something else that Shannon said, we, we can't put earth system in place and expect heaven's results. We have to go with heaven's system. And there's order in the heavenlies. That is, the apostles and the prophets bring the word of God to us. They bring us heaven's perspective. And we remember, we re remember that this all began with an experience. And it will continue with experiences. And yes, there's truth in those experiences. And yes, we grow in knowledge in those experiences. But this morning, I invite you to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're hungry, come forward. Thank you, Jesus. If you're a parent, please take the time to go bless the children's workers uh, and uh, pick up your kids at this time. We don't want to leave uh, this place. And so, um, you know, just uh, if you want to come back for ministry, you can as well. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. If you are hungry for a fresh baptism, Jesus, Jesus makes this statement to his disciples. He said, oh, I just wish it was kindling in you right now. But I must go through one more baptism. What was Jesus talking about? There was a baptism of suffering. And in that baptism of suffering, that was the time when Jesus had to take this on himself. 
This was the time. The other baptisms, you see the Trinity present, but there was a baptism of suffering that Jesus had to take on for us so that we could experience the Godhead, so that we could experience the Trinity working through us. And this morning, if you wish that the fire was kindling in you, you wish he could send his fire, but he had to go through a baptism of suffering in order to send the fire. Oh God, this morning, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, if you're hungry, just come down this morning. Just come down this morning. We're just gonna continue in worship and prayer. Holy Spirit, I just ask over every member of this family, Lord, just a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit, a fresh encounter with the power of God. Oh God, that we would, uh, oh God, we look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill us this morning. Lord, I just thank you. There may be intercessions that people begin to take on in this room, and we'll continue on after that. Intercessions of things that are on the Father's heart for this city and this nation and the nations. Lord, I just thank you for an awakening of the intercessors again. Lord, we just break off every attack against intercessors and prayer warriors uh, that, that have been against uh, those in this house, intercessors, prayer warriors. We break that in the name of Jesus. Declare a new, a new hunger, Lord, new groanings, Lord, new utterances of the Holy Spirit through us, Father God. Lord, as we identify with the suffering of this nation, with the needs of this nation, Father, we thank you, God. We just, we just speak an awakening of intercessors and prayer warriors, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, I just declare of you just fresh opportunities to release the opportunity uh, to share the gospel in your workplace. Man, it's the, it's the power of the gospel that transforms us. It's the power of the gospel that transforms us. I just want to share something really quickly. And I, I just think this really speaks into what God's doing right now. Thank you, Jesus. And guys, let's listen to these words. This was from Danny. Danny Silk just spoke this out. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, listen to this. I don't mean to be political in this at all, but could you just listen? Listen to these words. We are literally training people to be powerless and to act like the only way to be powerful is either through anarchy or totalitarianism. The enemy is having a field day getting us to destroy ourselves through this type of victimology. People don't like the premise of the gospel that our real problem is not some oppressor or external unjust system, but it is the sin inside our own hearts that we cannot overcome without Jesus' forgiveness and his empowering grace. But ultimately, this is the premise that sets us free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It's the power of the gospel that transforms. It's the power of the gospel that transforms. So Father, let there just be such a stirring in us that we would not enter into this victimology. God, but we would remember the power of the gospel and who we are called to be as believers. We are not victims. We are not victims of this system. We're not victims of what's happening in this nation. We're not victims of what's happening in politics. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we have a call and a mission to share the gospel, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring transformation. Because where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. When Peter walked, people were healed. When Peter's shadow cast over people, they were delivered because he was carrying the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. So thank you this morning, Jesus. On this day, we just say yes. We just say yes to more. We just say yes to you. And I declare over you that, 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 that the way to get more is not try, 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 but it's rest and receive. It's rest and receive. And when you rest and receive, then you, you release. And then you rest and receive and you release some more. But this morning, we just thank you, Jesus. We come like little children. We come like little children. 
and we just receive that invitation to come boldly into the throne room of grace, that, that throne room where we can receive grace and mercy in our time of need. We thank you, Jesus, for the boldness just to come in and sit on Daddy's lap because you came to restore our relationship with the, the, the Father and you are an all-consuming fire. So when you're around the Father, you have His eyes because we're His children. And see, the, the resurrected Jesus in Revelations, He has the Father's eyes. It said they burn with fire. That's what it says about Jesus, what He looks like right now. He's burning with fire because he has his father's eyes. And I just declare of you today, you have your father's eyes. Don't be surprised that you have your father's eyes. They're burning with fire, burning with fire and passion for the things that he's passionate about. So Lord, this morning, I thank you that as a church and a family, we go out of this place with eyes that burn like fire because we are his children. And just like Jesus, we have his, our father's eyes. I'm not surprised, don't be surprised that your eyes are burning with fire right now with a passion, a renewed passion for the Lord. Thank you. The all-consuming fire is in you. The Father is in you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you this morning. We just say more, Holy Spirit. If you're still hungry for more, I'm going to be down here. Uh, the prayer teams are going to be down here. If you want a fresh encounter from the Holy Spirit, just have the worship team released right now. We're not in a hurry this morning. Stay as long as you want to. Standing 